Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. On behalf of Pastors David and Nicole Binion, thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church. Now, let's listen to today's message. I want to say this before we get started. Um, We are aware that not everyone here is married. Maybe you've been through um, a really difficult situation. Maybe this is kind of painful for you to be here today. Um, I I believe that everyone in the room is going to receive something powerful from the Lord today. And I also want to say... This is not a time to back away from talking about marriage. Our culture is trying to redefine it. We know that the divorce rate in the church is just as high as it is in the world. And so there's no shame here in this room today if you've walked through divorce. Um, Next week, we're actually going to be sharing some beautiful testimonies of how God reconciles our hearts when we walk through um, painful, uh, broken marriage. Um, But We're going to talk about it today. We're going to talk about faithfulness. We're going to talk about uh, what God says about marriage. And I know that everyone is going to receive receive something in the room today. Okay? Okay. So we want to invite. We have a special song. We're going to play a special song. And as we play the song, we want to invite a couple of friends, four friends, a couple of couples. Matt and Renee White and Daryl and Denise it's for the way you look at me Oh, it's for the only one I see V is very, very extraordinary E is even more than anyone that you adore can love Is all that I can give to you, love is more than just a game for two. Two love can make it. Take my heart and please don't break it. Love was made for me and you. All right, a little Nat King Cole this morning. Um, awesome. Y'all welcome Daryl and Vanessa Snitker. Matt and Renee White. This is the first time we're doing like a little panel with sofas here at Dwell Church. Is oh, this kind of a fun thing? We can get that little table so you can put your notes. It's okay. If I said something to Daniel Gardner, I bet he would run get it. That little marble table in the green room. Sure, yeah. If I just mentioned it, <laughs> I bet. I bet you he would run it, get we it. We can put it right here. That little one that's right there by the. <laughs> Give sofa. it up for Daniel Gardner. Daniel Gardner. Okay, so we had so much fun the other night. We got together to kind of talk about um, talk about what we're going to talk about today, <laughs> and we thought it'd be fun. There's we did laugh a lot. We did laugh a lot. There is 99 years of marriage represented up here on this platform today, which means we're old, but um, <laughs> so cool. And we thought it would be fun. Oh, thank you so much. Okay, he wanted it in front. I was going to put it in back. No, closer to you. I want it to look nice, so I'll just do this. We got this from Target. (laughs) On sale. (laughs) Um, We thought it would be fun to show wedding photos of of each couple. So we're gonna date first. We're going first. We're going first. You want to tell the people how long we've been married? We've been married twenty-eight and a half years. And yes, I'm wearing white socks. June 11th, 1994, there's, uh, we were walking down the aisle, and our choir sang. Do you want to know what our choir sang as we walked down the aisle? Hallelujah. 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 Kind of funny now to talk about, but, but it was awesome. It was fun. Okay, Matt and Renee are next. Look at this picture. Look so young. Come on. Look at you, Matt. You weighed 130 pounds there, I think. 128. 128. I was close, see? Is it on? Yeah. We've been married 24 years, just in January. Yes. 
We were young, young. 24 and 28 equals? 52. 52. We can, we can add. 52. Okay. Next, we have Daryl and Vanessa Snitker. Look at this, y'all. Yes! Oh, I, wish, so I wish we could zoom in to Daryl's hair. Back when I had hair. <laughs> Do y'all want to share with the people how long you've been married? Yeah, I want Vanessa to tell. <laughs> we go through this every single year. This is great. It's 47. We just had our 47th wedding anniversary. A couple of months ago. Come on, 47. So cool. I love that photo. You think it's going to work out? <laughs> oh, man. So um, good. I have a question that I would like to start off this discussion with, all right? This is, y'all, this is a surprise question. I want to ask, how many times a week do you go to the grocery store? Break that down by day. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, the kids David. are gone. That was. <laughs> I thought that was funnier than y'all. Than... <laughs> I think they're all nervous. Should we laugh or should we not laugh? How many How many married people are in the room? And how many times a week do you go to the grocery store? <laughs> that's, that's not code. That's not code. That's a, like a real question. You're so funny. Okay. It is code. Okay. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Kind of makes you wonder, don't it? <laughs> so funny. Um, we're going to read scripture to get us started here in a second. But first, I want to say I was listening to Dr. Henry Cloud. I don't know if you're familiar with Dr. Henry Cloud. He's a Christian psychologist. He's kind of the one who's talked about boundaries. He has the famous book books on boundaries and um, has a great... Uh, which the book Boundaries is amazing for anyone to read um, in dealing with relationships. Uh, but he has one called Boundaries in Marriage. But he says this, that boundaries are more than just setting limits. Boundaries define property lines. Boundaries show you what you own and what you control. So... In marriage, we are the ones who get to decide what happens on our property. Yeah. We can't control what comes at us, but we can control how we respond to what comes at us. And, um, and so we have 100% control um, in, how, in, in how we grow this relationship. What we find on our property is the good stuff and the bad stuff that we create or that we allow. And so I love that because a lot of times I think we feel helpless in life. And when we, how many know self-control is a fruit of the spirit? And so when we're operating in self-control together, um, we can determine whatever comes on this property how, how, are, how are we going to respond to it? And then and what, are we, what are the seeds we're going to plant on this property? What's going to grow here? And um, so I love that. Okay, before we, before we start into the real questions, <laughs> uh, Nicole and I have a passage of scripture we want to read. I love this from Ephesians, the fifth chapter, starting with the 21st verse. I actually, uh, I looked at, the voice translation. Anybody ever read the voice translation? I love, I think if you don't, if you can't find it, it's not on the Bible app, on the, the version Bible app. There's another Bible app called Gateway, and it is, uh, you can find it there, or you can just Google a scripture on the voice translation, and it'll come up for you. But uh, this is from the voice translation. Nicole, why don't you start? And the Spirit makes it possible to submit humbly to one another out of respect for the anointed, who is Jesus, the anointed. Wives, it should be no different with your husbands. Submit to them as you do to the Lord. For God has given husbands a sacred duty to lead as the anointed leads the church and serves as the head. The church is his body. He is her savior. So wives should submit to their husbands respectfully in all things, 
just as the church yields to the anointed one. There are a couple of translations that refer to, instead of the word Messiah, they use the anointed one. So understand that as we're reading this passage of scripture. Starting with verse 25, husbands, you must love your wives so deeply, purely, and sacrificially that we can understand it only when we compare it to the love the anointed one has for his bride, the church. We know he gave himself up completely to make her his own, washing her clean of all her impurity with water and the powerful presence of his word. He has given himself so that he can present the church as his radiant bride, unstained, unwrinkled, and unblemished, completely free from all impurity, holy and innocent before him. So husbands should care for their wives as if their lives depended on it. I like that. The same way they care for their own bodies. As you love her, you ultimately are loving part of yourself. Remember, you are one flesh. No one really hates his own body. He takes care to feed and love it, just as the anointed takes care of his church. Verse 30 then says, because we are living members of his body, and this is the reason a man leaves his father and his mother and is united with his wife. The two come together as one flesh. Yes, indeed. And that's a pretty tall order, right? <laughs> wives submit to your husbands and husbands love your, wi- love your wives as Christ loves the church. Um, Matt it's, Renee, not like, it's not like that scene on The Color Purple where <laughs> Mr. Seely uh, is asking if any mail came for her. And he said, I done fixed that mailbox. I can tell if it be messed with. And he said, I, you do what I tell you. And he raised his hand. That's not the kind of submission that... This is talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the That's, opposite. That is not, yeah. Um, there's always a Color Purple movie line quote um, from Pastor David, so it's awesome. It always works for you me. You should just do your homework and watch the film if you haven't seen it so that you always kind of know what he's referring to. So good. Um, Matt and Renee, we're going to dive in. Matt and Renee oversee the marriage ministry here at Dwell Church. Woo! And um, I know you guys have such a heart for marriage and to um, speak into the lives of couples and and all that. We've had lots of conversations about that. Um, I just want you to to share from your heart, but we we were talking the other night about um, how resolving conflict is obviously, um, you know, a major issue in relationships and in marriage. (laughs) And so, um, do you, how, how do you resolve conflict? Was that something that you talked about in your marriage that you had a plan for just to share with us share so we didn't have a plan we both came from families where our parents didn't resolve conflict in front of us yeah so my parents presented the image that they had it all together all the time to us as their family to other family members i never heard them fight so we didn't we didn't have that to go on coming in right and matt didn't have the same Um, And what we realized even early in our marriage is that most conflicts came from comparing ourselves to someone else. So it's usually an expectation that's unmet because I didn't tell you I had that expectation because I'm like, well, my parents never fought. I assume this is how it works and this is how it's supposed to be. Um, So we didn't, you know, we came in with that and, you know, we still deal with it. I'm thinking about Valentine's Day being in a couple days and how many Instagram posts there will be that somebody got flowers or the dinner or the trip or the whatever right. and you don't get it and and I know women you'll you'll say no no you'll be salty you'll be a little <laughs> bit salty because you'll say well how, you know and that can be like the immediate there could be a fight on Valentine's night because you didn't get something that you expected right. so early in our marriage because we didn't know how we went to a marriage seminar and we've shared this with a couple of couples here that we didn't know how to talk because yeah. what I didn't want to have was Matt make a face. Because if you've seen Matt, he makes them, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't want him to make a face and already to be defensive about whatever it was I wanted to say. Yeah. So then we just, we were uh, both passive-aggressive. Yeah. You were. I was more passive-aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> we, were th- we, were, we were talking about Tanner's comments 
last week and yeah. trying to figure out which one we were. Yeah. Um, and I, in the beginning, I was definitely passive aggressive. Yeah. I was a door slamming, silent treatment, no talking kind of. Renee slamming the door? <laughs> oh, you should have seen it. I've oh. grown. I've grown so much <laughs> since then. But what we did was we had to find a way to talk to each other. And yeah. so the method we learned from, I think it, was, I don't, it wasn't an EXO at that time, but it was some marriage conference. And they said, you can, what if you write it to each other? So yeah. we bought a journal that was just for the purpose of our conflicts with each other. So it was, I'm going to yell at you through words, Come on, but I'm going to write it down so I can get all my words out and all my thoughts out. Yeah. And he can read those words at that time. The, the, you know, the journal would be on the bed. He could come in and see it, but he would always say what when he would see the book? Oh, crap. <laughs> You're like, what did I do wrong? The book is on the bed. I must have done something the wrong. book. I must have done something. <laughs> but it was... At that early point in our marriage, it was the only way we could, I could say all of what I needed to say without him being defensive, yeah. without me already crying before I could finish saying what I needed to say. Because yeah. inevitably, you start saying something, and immediately, this is the case for everybody, mm -hmm. uh, you see where this is going, and you jump to your own and, defense, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. you interrupt the flow of words, right? Mm -hmm. No, 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 and they want to fix it, and, right. and you never get a chance to say everything, so I really... Exactly. I think this is a great idea to write down your thoughts. Yeah. Well, because we could write it down, and then sometimes I would get to the end of it and realize maybe it wasn't as big a deal afterwards. Yeah. Right? So we both would have that. And then as we grew, the journal started having encouraging words. Yeah. We were finally that. able to say good things, or this went great, or thanks for dealing with this, or I appreciate this. But it didn't yeah. start that way, but we got there yeah. to a place that we had that. How long did that take? <laughs> about two years but but let the record show that the first encouraging word in their journal came from me <laughs> if you know Matt at all you're not probably not surprised by that oh my goodness I love that I just think it's such a helpful tool I remember I was passive aggressive our, our uh, good friend who was a Christian psychologist he kind of gave us premarital counseling and we talked about how Back in the day, you know, you used to collect stamps. And he, my grandmother used to, like, collect yeah. stamps and cash them in at the grocery store. But it was, like, the stamp collection. Yep. The, I'm, I, I don't say anything. I don't say anything. I don't say anything. And then I explode because I have collected all these things. And so I just think um, it's such a great way, such a great tool to learn how to talk to each other. And, and I think now we've come to the point where I may still be silent for a day because it's still part of my nature. But I can, we can come to each other sooner. Yeah. Or I can recognize I'm salty because I wanted you to buy me that and you didn't buy me that, right? right? But it's, a little, it's faster than it was in the beginning. Yeah. And, I, and I think everybody has to adjust to, you have to know who you're friends with. I mean, I fight with my sister. We still have to resolve conflict with each other. We yes. don't write. We can talk or we text. Text has become the new writing, right? Yeah. Um, so you still have to find a way to have that communication. Yeah. And at the end of the day, is the conflict worth the relationship? Is right. it worth giving up the relationship over? Most of the times, it's not. Yeah. So good. Daryl and Vanessa, can you speak into resolving conflict? I was just thinking that Daryl would be so excited if I was silent for a day. It's <laughs> 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 so not that way. I leaned over and I said, don't you wish I was passive aggressive? <laughs> But I'm not. And so we did have a plan, and I just want you to know that. And the plan was mine. And it was that, <laughs> that he would quickly say he was sorry, and we would go about our happy life. And, so, and I want you to know we still do that 47 years later. Uh, it's that. the truth. <laughs> happy Actually, wife, happy life. <laughs> Actually, I, I am a spitfire, and I know you all can know me, so you know that. And I am the verbal one, and Daryl's the quiet peacemaker. And so we did have to find resolve in that, in that uh, words matter and what you say. You can't take back. I know we went to counseling one time, and I, we went to counseling, I thought, so that they could explain to Daryl what, what was wrong with him. But it turns out that they wanted to talk to me, too. <laughs> and so they said... How's that working for you on a few things? And I'm like, well, not that great. And they kind of explained to me that the other person gets to have a say, too. So I'll let you have a say. <laughs> well, I will say that 
Vanessa is a spitfire. There's absolutely no doubt about that. But I think one of the things that attracted me to her, I know one of the things that attracted me to her was the fact that she was, she did have a strong opinion. She did have, uh, she wasn't afraid to express herself. And when you, at that time in our life, when we were first married, I was extremely shy. And um, even though I worked on it and I tried, I just would rather, you know, go off to the corner and sit still. So here's someone who is outgoing, you know, and and really uh, expressive with everything. And that that was part of the attraction. However... When you get into an argument, that's not necessarily the case. But we did learn how to resolve the conflict because, you know, every single relationship, whether it's a marriage or whether you're dating or whether it's with your kids, you're going to have conflict. And you have to learn very early on, we have to deal with this and we have to learn how to deal with issues that come up. Because you think about it, you've got two different people going totally different directions, all of a sudden they're brought into a world that they have no clue about, Mm -hmm. and you have to to learn. There is no college education that's (laughs) going to teach you that. You have to really learn it through the life experiences. So it's really important, number one, to recognize it and to say we need to deal with it. And I love the idea of writing it down. Although that would never happen with us. <laughs> it, would, it wouldn't make it that far. <laughs> but it's a great idea. Everyone's different, absolutely. You have to deal with it in your own way, and that is, that's a great point. You guys dealt with it in a, in a really important way for you guys. You guys deal with it in your manner. We deal with it in ours, and, and you will too. But the important thing is find that conflict. And I'm getting poked here and told to shut up, so I'm... <laughs> That's how we resolve it, too. <laughs> does, does every wife do that to her husband under yes. the table? Like Under the table, it's like, always... Okay, okay. Like, Going means, a little too that far. That means just reel it oh, in, David, reel it in. Oh, um, Okay. We're going we're gonna to move a little more serious here. Um, we're going to talk about when there is a breach of trust. And I want to say, like, that doesn't just mean that there is infidelity. There can be a breach of trust in other ways. We were talking the other night about financially, oftentimes there's a breach of trust. Um, you know, somewhat a spouse maybe not being where they said they were going to be. Like, just being dependable, being present, uh, re- you know, emotionally. Um, but... But let's talk about how we can resolve trust issues within our relationship. And um, Matt Renee, you were sharing something the other night. I don't know if you want to. I've put you on blast now. I guess you kind of have to share it now. No, I have to share it. So I think it's one of those, when we were first married, it wasn't even about trust to start off with. It was more, Matt and I first moved here. Did we move here? 2000. In 2000. We had only been married a year. Uh, when we moved here, and Matt was getting his driver's license yeah. here in uh, somewhere in Plano. <clears throat> Carol said he needed to get his driver's license to live here. And he's getting his driver's license, and he calls me, and he says, Babe, I'm sure he said, Babe, um, I am at, in jail. And I'm like, I'm at work, so I'm trying to be very professional. You are where? <laughs> I'd gone to get my driver's license, and there was a warrant out for my arrest, and I am in jail. <clears throat> but I got it covered. You know, Matt, that's exactly what he said. But I got it covered. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I got it. I'll take care of it. I'll see you for dinner kind of thing. Um, and so in my mind, immediately I'm going, so what did he not tell me? Like, I know we haven't been together that long. We'd only, we dated a year, then we got married, so this is a year after we've been married. And so my immediate reaction is, he has lied to me. Either he didn't tell me the whole story about his ex-wife or he didn't tell me, I should know you have a warrant out for your arrest. Like, all of these things are going through my mind that he's not who he said he was. And so now I'm, I'm you know, I'm feeling like now I'm in this marriage with someone I don't know. I don't know anything about him. You know, what, what was it? We had a long, it was that night after jail. <laughs> we, had my, we had to have a little chat about, but, but. I mean, that whole, that thing led to us having to go to court. I had never been in a court. 
I had never seen a judge. I had never, like, all of this whole process. And so that was the first time, I mean, new in marriage and, and really new in really knowing the Lord in this way, had to find a scripture. It's the first time I had to find a scripture to help me understand what we were going through. And it was Romans 8.18 that says, The struggles of this day are nothing compared to the glory the Lord will reveal to you. And so... So I'm, I'm new in this, and so I'm learning. I have to trust him and trust that it's not just about him, yeah. that the Lord has, has, you know, has my back. And th- this whole situation that, that I even still call my, my Joseph experience is, is, simp- is, is your, your checkered past. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's because it's not that I did not tell her everything because I actually had, but there was some there were still some things that had happened that even I wasn't aware of. And the day I went to get my license to show you how God was already in operation in the situation, the, it, it was a, a state trooper who was at the desk who was telling me, Mr. White, there is a one out for your arrest. But there's, he, I can still remember his words, but there's something about you that I trust you're going to take care of this today. Come back and I'm going to give you your license. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Now, the, the, the journey over the next 18 months was something that, that uh, you'll have to read the book about. <laughs> and when is that book coming out? Yeah, we're, gonna have a... yeah, we're still working on that one. Yeah. But, it, you know, but it comes to a point where I had to get past, was he not who he said he was? And it was hurtful. It was hurtful to hear another person say these things about a person that you're now married to. It was hurtful to hear... Um, her son say these things on the stand that I'm like I can't believe that is this person but I had walked in defiant that she was not going to have control over us the situation and I had to at the end of the day trust him that he was who God gave to me and all these things were going to come out for good in the end but it didn't feel so good while we're walking through but now we tell the story and we're kind of like man can you believe where we were at that point in our life you know, and where we are now, we don't have that. Like we're very open. Like everything, everything's out. <laughs> everything's out in the, in the wash now. The movie that we went to see that day. Oh, I don't remember. I was so devastated. What was the movie we went to see? The first Shrek. Oh, oh we went to see. The, the first Shrek movie came out the day that that we went to trial, <laughs> and and uh, in, instead of really being ticked off, all right, this is how this is what happened. I get off of the stand, right? I'm like this. And the judge says, I've rendered my verdict. I stop like mid-butt between butt and cushion. And, and he says, I find you guilty. And I'm going, what? Whoa. And literally, it was like that. And I don't know, I, was, I, was, I still had such a peace because I knew. I did not do those things that she said I did. God and his peace came on such came over me in such a way that we literally uh, what Stonebriar Mall hadn't been open what for maybe a year when when we went to go see Shrek the first Shrek movie and laughed our butts off that afternoon and then went home and I think we cried cried some more yeah yeah so you have to come you come to a point at the end right where I trust him more than all of that I did it in the beginning. I questioned it. Yeah. In the end, I trusted him more than. Yeah. I want to see you slam a door. <laughs> <laughs> anymore, I have been. been I have been delivered. Wow. <laughs> well, here's the thing. You could look at any one of us up here and never know the trials that we've endured, the suffering. You know, I we as we were talking the other night, the theme of endurance yeah. kept coming up. And um, and so I, we love the scripture. Yes, you want to read, read it? Read that. Okay, Romans chapter five, verses three through five says, "But we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit." Who has been given to us. So we told you that there's 99 years of marriage represented on this platform. Which means there's 99 years of trials, hardship, suffering. And and laughter. And laughter, hope, and endurance. 
Um, so Daryl and Vanessa, when you, will you share with us, reflect on you know, a past time in your relationship that was difficult and how you got through? Well, there's several times in our past where we've had difficult times or, you know, due to, to different situations, financial, uh, kids uh, issues that we've had to deal with, marriage issues that we've had to deal with, work issues that we've had to deal with. Yeah. So, unfortunately, in life, we get a lot of chances for experiences that help us to grow. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, we grow, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I would say, first off, and I, I love what Matt and Renee were talking about, but um, commun open communication is absolutely essential in a good marriage, in a good relationship, expanded to that part. Um, you, you have to be able to communicate. Sometimes it is tough to communicate. Sometimes you don't want to deal with it or whatever, but you still have to have that ability to, to open, have open communication. Um, and, and the second thing, let me say, and then I'll let Vanessa speak, but the second thing, let me say, you absolutely have to have, and I emphasize this, you have to have a foundation on God and on the Word of God. Because if you will build your foundation on that, if anything that you hear today, hear this through all of us, if you will build your foundation on the Word of God and in trusting Him, then you can help trust each other. A lot more. Because if you trust God, then you know things are going to be okay. Yeah. Right? And the more that you allow God into your relationship, uh, the better it will be in every area. I'll let you talk. Well, the one thing I would say is um, the word endurance is something that came up um, a lot when we were talking the other night. And I don't think that um, well, one of the things that I said is um, when Nicole and David asked us to do this, um, I just said um, being on a panel it makes me think of uh, Instagram and Facebook. You know how they take these pictures and it's all like, and it's like that. But in the background, I zoom in a lot. I don't know if y'all do, but I like to see the whole picture. And maybe there's some dirty laundry in the corner that they forgot, you know, and it's back there. So all of our lives have pieces in them that are not as tidy or not as perfect, not as wonderful as the picture where we're all just posed. There's real life. And in 47 years of marriage, there has been amazing times and there have been horrific times because we walk in good and we walk in bad times. I will tell you that regardless if it's marriage, if it's relationship, if it's parents, if it's finances, if it's um, whatever it is, there is a point in life when it is so difficult and so dark and so hard to walk that journey that the only way, the only way that you can do it is with Jesus. And um, we were talking the other night. Is it all right if I bring up my this part of it? Um, there have been, um, whether it be children or marriage or circumstances, there's been some really, in 47 years, you're going to have some really hard things come up. And I remember specifically a couple of instances where it was beyond just the normal for me to be able to get through it, and I needed Jesus like I'd never needed Jesus before. And, and when you're in that place, sometimes I, we just need to be real and honest. Sometimes he's there, but we can't find him. You know, it's like, I know you're there, but I just can't hear you. I can't see you. And I remember um, during a few of those times that just, just falling on my face at home uh, for either for my children or for our marriage or for whatever it was, and, and asking God to speak to me. And I remember one specific time, and I won't take long to tell it, but I remember one specific time, and I, I, it was so dark, I thought, I can't even see a little, just a little light. Lord, just give me just a little light bulb. And the Lord came in and just spoke to my heart in that moment. And so there was a lot of things that were going to happen that week. And I had an aunt that uh, when she passed and we cleaned her stuff out, you know what we found in her shoes? We found scriptures. She'd walked on the word of God. And so I thought, 
That's my heritage. <laughs> if she did it, I'm doing it. And I put scriptures in my purse. I put scriptures in my shoes. I put scriptures so every day, no matter what I was walking through in this particular circumstance, that God's word was mightier than the circumstance I was in. And so I encourage you, whatever God speaks to you to do, that's what he spoke to me to do, is you stand on the word of God. It will never fail. You will be successful. You will reach the other side. And, and I just wanted to encourage you, whatever circumstance that you're in, that in our journey to endure, we need God's word. We need his help. We need his strength. And that's just what I wanted to speak I think. About. I think somebody needs to embrace what she's talking about right now. You may be going through a terrific financial situation. Uh, the, way, the way you do that is you find scriptures. One that comes to mind immediately is, My God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Write that on a piece of paper and fold it up and put it in your shoe. And walk on his word. Walk, literally walk on his word. Stand on his word. There was a message, there was a song the cathedral quartet used to sing. Write a message to the devil on the bottom of your shoe. I don't know if you ever heard that. I know, you usually know all of those old songs when I throw them out. Uh, but that's it. It's like, this is, I refuse to accept this without my warfare with the word as my weapon. And uh, I love that. Yeah, because the word of God really is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Either we believe that or we don't. So we are building our lives on the foundation who is Christ Jesus, planting ourselves deep in, in him and in his word. And um, I just, th those are, that's a good fighting tactic right there. I, um, you know, one of the questions here, talking about the different stages of life, young children, teenagers, then you get older like us, and then they get married, and then, <laughs> you then you have empty nest, and then you have aging parents. We talked about this. Um, there are different stages to life, and I so many things can happen along the way. I mean, I remember, um, of course, our youngest son, Carson, who's here on the front row, who's 14 now. Uh, when Carson was four years old, diagnosed with, um, with autism, that was a journey. That was hard. That was really hard. It's been this beautiful journey we've walked out as a family. But in those times, it's so important to stay rooted in Christ together and to stay to know that we are on, on each other's team. We're not going to blame each other for anything that happens, um, you know, with our kids, anything that comes at us. We're, going, we're not going to look outside the marriage to another relationship, someone at work. Uh, we're not to, or maybe, you know, we're not going to look outside the marriage, another confidant. We're going to stay here and, and we're going to work this out together and we're going to believe God together and we're going to talk through it together. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> or else. <laughs> Do you remember that one time though, we were on a flight, Cole's a baby and, uh, we stepped into full-time ministry. This was that ministry. young, married, early, uh, little children. Yes, yes. yes. We, were, First we're, baby. we were married in our third or fourth year of marriage, and we're, um, we're headed to the back of the plane, and you're carrying coal, and you just look at me and said, I can't believe you did this to me. <laughs> and I, my response was, I didn't do this to you. God did this to you. He's the one that called us into the ministry. And, you know, so we're having conflict. Yes. Uh, yeah. I we set had, her for straight, those that though. don't know, we had resigned a position at a church and we started traveling full time. So we were traveling every week with the baby on a plane. First time parents. That was an adventure. Without insurance. Without health insurance. Yeah. That no, was, we had, we could still afford a little bit of insurance then. We got Blue Cross for a while until they changed but um. <laughs> um yeah lots of different seasons with kids teenagers walking through stuff with teenagers um and and then dealing with gracie she would she would play us she would come to you or, or she would come to you and you would say no then you, she you would, know the kid each yeah. kid has then their favorite parent me. then she would come to me and not tell me that she talked to you and try to ask for the same thing and i would say okay 
And I, we learned this about her. And uh, so I said, I refuse to be bad cop and you're a good cop. We have to be united in this. <laughs> so I learned to never answer any of my kids without talking to Nicole first. So that we would be, not to get her permission, to, but because I, that happened so many times that they're, they're like, they learn how to play you. And, uh, but we have yes. to be. And you have to say at the end of the day, he is not my enemy. Right. That's good. They're not. He's not my enemy. We are in this together. Because yeah. if you look at him as the enemy, you're kind of like, well, then you start to put that on him that it's his fault, and right. you know he's the reason that I'm in this situation. He's not my enemy. Yeah. He's put here to be with me for what God has for us. Yeah. He was meant to be the person that I'm to walk through these things with. Yes. Absolutely. Good and bad, right? And yes, the the kids pitting you against the other is real. It's, it's real. real. It's real <laughs> Yes. Um, I, re I remember um, walking through challenges with teenagers or even as your kids, uh, you know, when they're older. And it's like, if you're not careful, you can fall into like, if you had been a better father, if you had been a better mother, we wouldn't be dealing with this. And, and instead of going, you know what, with the Lord's help, we did the best that we knew how to do in the moment. So some of y'all need to give some grace to yourself today that, that you are doing the best you can with what you have. Continue to lean on the Lord and, and, and give yourself some grace because in some challenges that, you know, not all of our kids' stories are our stories to share, um, but, but God um, walked us through that and we stayed on each other's team. Yes. <laughs> we stayed yes. on the same team. Okay, we're gonna. I'm gonna ask this question to both couples, and um, I want all of the married couples in the room to really think about this and maybe go if home. If you're watching online, you too. Yeah, um, you too online. Yes, um, I had never th thought of this before, and my best friend is actually a marriage and family therapist, and I was talking to her last week about just some of the conversation here. What, that we were going to have, and she posed this incredible question that that we had never talked about. So I think this is a really amazing thing to talk about together as couples, and um, to to figure this out. So I'm going to ask Matt and Renee first. What legacy would you like for your children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews? to remember about your relationship? Uh, for me, uh, it's, it starts with what I'm doing right now on a daily basis, and that's to live the legacy that I want them to, to, to mimic. I want them to imitate the legacy that I'm living on a daily basis. Uh, I want uh, Isaiah and Renee, uh, Isaiah and Naomi to see that I am I am pushing Renee on a daily basis to prepare her for when for when she stands before the Lord where the Lord is going to say to her good and faithful sir that she's a good yeah. and faithful servant. Yeah. That's on me. Uh, I want to live the legacy of of being truthful to to my children. I want them to 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 like I, I know Isaiah's going through a period right now where he's ready to be committed to one person. He's ready to be committed to that one woman. And it's because the legacy that I've been living on a daily basis that he knows the type of woman that he wants in his life. Yeah. And that, that is, that's, that's more important to me than, than a portfolio. It's more important to me than, than, than uh, uh, the purple sweatshirt that I'm going to leave to one of them that's like 26 years old now. <laughs> but that, that, the legacy that I want to leave is the one that I'm living every single day. We've talked about, I want, we want the legacy to be that we were here not necessarily for each other, but for the kingdom. Yeah. At the end of the day, the Lord put us together. I wouldn't have known him if it weren't for all the circumstances that put us in a place yeah. to be together, to have met, to have had what yeah. we had to court and all of that. That at the end of the day, if, if the Lord destined for us to be together, he has a purpose for that to yeah. be together. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I want it to be. I want us to have walked out in full, what, whatever that is. We don't know yet. 
the end is not yet been written. And so I want us to keep walking through that so that at the end, when the book is done, we have fulfilled what his intent was for us. So good. So good. Daryl and Vanessa, what legacy do you want your marriage to leave? Um, I was just besides sitting, all your money. Yes, all that. <laughs> what I was just sitting here thinking was, um, you know, the different stages of life, and um, because we're older now, and you know, we had the little kids, and and you think it'll never end, and oh, right. they really have to be taken somewhere else, and, and diapers and all that, and then you go to the grade school, and then junior high, and then high school, and oh my goodness, that brought its own stuff with kids, teenagers. And then you get into the, the, they get married, and then you bring other people in, and then you get dessert, and dessert is grandchildren. They are the best, indescribable, you can't even describe it. Uh, And so when I look, and I I think uh, two things. When you were talking, I thought you have to be a team. When you were talking earlier, being a team is so important. And maybe you're not always a team. Maybe that day, and y'all can just pretend that you're not this way, but I am. There's days you like your spouse, and there's days you maybe don't like your spouse quite so much. But you love them always. Um, so there's days that you you be very intent and intentional on being a team, regardless of how you feel. Um, and I believe that the legacy, I think I speak for both of us, is that the legacy we want to leave is for our children. And what we are seeing the fruit of is that um, they can depend on God regardless of the situation. And immediately when we were asked to do this, that is what our whole story is, is that I don't know your story. You don't know our story. That's not what matters. You may say, well, you don't know what I've been through or, or, or those type of circumstances. That's not what matters. What matters is you can depend on your God. Yes. That I know. And that is the legacy I want my kids to see in us. And when they text us for prayer now or when they text us something, a question about life that is weak, they know they know that regardless of our journey, and they know our journey and our stories, yeah. what they know is that we have depended on God and that he has and is seeing us through. And so I would speak that is more important than anything. That's what I want my kids to know. Put the scripture in your shoes. Put the scripture in your heart. Put prayer in your life and see what your God will do. He'll never fail you. I think that's what I want for the legacy. And she told you, I'm on that team too. <laughs> we know how this works, right? <laughs> let, me, let me say this, and, and I want you to really hear me on this because this is very important. Every single one of us are walking out our legacy every single day. Yeah. People, our, our families, um, others around us are watching us. And how we react to things, how we act about things, um, how we uh, 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 love Christ, worship Him. Your legacy is what you're building every single day. And the events, the special events that Vanessa mentioned, where the kids will text and say, pray about this with me, or pray about this with me, or... um, you know, we've got this issue that we that we need to deal with. Those are just little events that happen along the way that they will remember, and and that um, they can look back on, draw back on, and say, "I remember when we asked for this help, and Christ came through." I'll tell you that one of the things that I remember so much. With my grandparents, every they ended every day on their knees in front of their couch. I remember kneeling beside them so many times. That's a legacy that I live every single day and that I want my kids to see. Yeah. And I want... I want them to experience that in their lives. So it's important that you show who God is in you to them. Does that make sense? Yes. 
sitting to see God through you. I just, uh, because we're old and, and the journey's been long, I just want to say one thing. Be strategic because those kids will be grown quick. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you may be single. You'll be married and you'll have kids and then you'll have, then you'll have uh, teenagers and then you'll have, be strategic. Yeah. Be very strategic in, your, in building your legacy. It doesn't just happen. Right. It doesn't just happen. Right. Make time. Um, text your kids, text them that you love them, text them a scripture, pray over them, spend time, uh, do something with them, be strategic. Sometimes it's kind of, it's hard. I know with, with grandchildren, I decided a long time ago I was going to be very strategic and I was going to be in a, a, a part of their life whether I had time or not because they matter so much and I have so much that I want to give into them in such a short time. So I would just say be strategic in your journey. It doesn't just happen. And ours has gone so fast. You turn around and you're at, yeah. I think he said 47 years. So you're already there. So I just say be strategic in that um, part of your life. So beautiful. Matt and Renee, you have anything else for uh, uh, For us, uh, be mindful that, that uh, of the covenant. Not, not, a, not a wedding license but a covenant. And I want you to be mindful of what that covenant costs, uh, that you, that we are kingdom dwellers, that our mindset, our mindset should be so saturated in the kingdom. It goes beyond what my wife's love language is. It goes beyond what my love language is, because ultimately that doesn't matter. When we stand before God, he's not going to say, you know, I remember what your love language was and you sucked at it. What, he, what he's going to say is, well done, my good and faithful servant. You love this woman to, with your last breath. That is, what, that is what means more than anything else. Matt has said three bad words during this. He said, oh, crap. Then he said, but a couple times. Um, I'm not going to say that last word. Um, I, um, I want to ask Nicole, what kind of legacy do you want to leave? Yeah. Well, of course, Christ at the center. I mean, we've said this, you know, our, that our lives are built uh, on Christ. But as our lives have been built on Christ, I want our kids, our grandkids, um, the legacy to be that love can last. Yeah. Love can last. We're living in a culture where all around us, it's like marriages fall apart, relationships fall apart day in and day out. I want my kids to know that love can last when you put in the work, when you continue to, um, to stay on the same team, to be for each other, to believe uh, in each other as you plant your life in Christ. That living for Christ as a married couple does not mean... Um, you know, that you have a boring life. You have the most adventurous life and love can be exciting and fun and it can last. So uh, we are landing the plane. I want uh, Kareem to come and just kind of pr- play something pretty behind us. The wedding march or something, I don't know. <laughs> the wedding march. When I, uh, my love, there's only you in my life. Oh, he's going to sing to me to close out um, the day. When I think about the legacy I want to leave, it's hard for me to think it through without remembering the, the, the example my parents left for me. I remember my parents were my heroes growing up. I had such admiration because I saw them pray powerful prayers and and see miracles happen on a regular basis. Uh, I knew they were in touch. I believed in God. It was real to me because I knew the power and presence of God by watching them. And then I remember getting in my 20s and realizing how imperfect they were. And I had to like... uh, 
you know, you go through that process of trying to figure this out and realize that God always works through imperfect people. Yes. Uh, but even, even in my dad's last days, my mom passed a couple years before my dad. Even in his last days, uh, when he could still talk, uh, he told everybody that walked in the room, every nurse, every doctor, about miracles that happened. And when the dementia kind of set in, he didn't think he made some miracles up because he started telling things that I'm like, Dad, I don't think I ever heard that before. <laughs> and uh, uh, I think you made that one up. Uh, but, uh, but, but seeing faith yes. lived out to the last breath. Uh, I, want, I want to be that kind of example to my kids. Uh, I, I, love, I love hearing their conversations sometimes, hearing or reading posts they make about their parents, uh, our kids. And uh, uh, sometimes even Carson will say things. Uh, and uh, yesterday he came upstairs and, I had, Nicole was sleeping in because she had a late night uh, at the, for the Galentine's event. And so she was sleeping in and every Saturday, it's like a big breakfast. She makes pancakes and eggs for Carson every Saturday morning. Well, so I let her sleep and I never made pancakes before until this Saturday. I did one pancake pretty good. And then the second pancake, I burned on the bottom. <laughs> and so I scooped off the top, and he ate the bites. And so, so, so you know, it's like... Uh, I, God I, uses imperfect people. Yes. So, so, so I'm upstairs, and I hear Nicole telling Carson to be sure and thank your dad. And I don't hear him say anything. But then I turn, I'm upstairs in the playroom, and I turn around, and there's Carson. And he comes up, and he doesn't say a word. But he just comes in and hugs me. Hugs, hugs can be a thousand words, uh, and it just, uh, it just. I'm still a little moved by it, <laughs> but uh, so I, I just want to be. I don't want to be the good cop. <laughs> I want to be a man of faith, a man that knows how to shake heaven and knows how to see miracles, who, who lives by faith, sings by faith, uh, loves by faith. And uh, to see uh, a mom and dad who are still so in love with each other and who matter most. Uh, yeah. Why don't we just stand and we're going to pray before we leave today. You want to yes. step up here. Our prayer today is that if you felt hopeless coming in here today, maybe you've been walking through a really tough road in your marriage, that you felt the power of, of hope today, that you hold on to hope, that, that hope does not put us to shame, but he really does deliver when we hold on and when we endure persevere and character is built and before you know it you can look back over decades and go man I remember when God came through for us when we didn't have a solid paycheck we were believing him for provision I remember when we were walking through a diagnosis I remember when we were walking through the challenge of raising teenagers and rebellion and what that looks like and as we stood on the word of God he came through for us as we trusted in him. So may you continue, may your hope and your trust be renewed in King Jesus today, that he really is who he says he is. And may every single person in the room know the hope, the faith that can be walked out and lived and examples that you see in married couples are single individuals, people of faith yeah, 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 yeah. that you can be encouraged to know that there is uh, a purpose for you, a plan for you. Yeah. And this, because this message, while God always uses uh, marriage as an example of Christ, how Christ loved the church, yes. 
he's showing us a, a picture, an earthly picture, an image uh, in the earth of, of, of love for a, between a bride and a groom. That this is not just about uh, relationships by the flesh, but relationship in the kingdom. And so, so, so that includes every one of us. That includes every one of us. And so we declare the words. You read the scripture and they sang the song. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. The message translation is my favorite. May he look you full in the face. We declare the blessing of the Lord upon you this day. In Jesus' name. Yes, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church.